Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of ABC Open Sports Sports. Michael Mandinicio, Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clemente. So, a couple things at the outset. We're recording Thursday night, September 14th, 15th, whatever tonight is. Uh, but we're going to change. Tommy brought up a great point yesterday. And yes, we're always texting back and forth. We want to make sure we're delivering the best possible podcast for you. So we're talking ideas and what should we be doing. So we're actually going to shift to Monday or Tuesday nights earlier in the week. So we can recap the previous weekend's games in a much more timely fashion and get you that feedback um, before we get a little fatigue on that last game. And I know, you know, there's been a lot discussed already, Steelers and Bengals. But that leads me to my next point. If you were to listen to the podcast last week, Tommy brought up a great point, even before we went on the podcast, when he and I were talking. And it, it stemmed from the Rams and Bills game when we said, look, the teams that don't play in the preseason are in big trouble game one. Guess what? That's exactly what happened in Cincinnati. So if you were to listen, you could have dropped some money on the Steelers, have a few more little dollar bills in your pocket. I'm just saying. We nailed that. And that's what that's what you're going to get with ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I understand the risk reward kind of thing to that, but there's still something said for being punched in the mouth a couple times. Yep. You know, we, we, like we said last week, I mean, guys get hurt crossing the street. They get hurt in practice. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, you just can't avoid it. I mean, look at T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt was having another game of his life, and he reaches up to bat something down, and, it, and a muscle pops. I mean, it's, That's, just, yeah, it's the nature of it. It's yeah. football. Right. It, it is. It's, it's football. Yeah. Stuff's going stuff's gonna to happen. And I've seen it across the board in the NFL this past weekend. Yep. There were some really bad offensive performances. Yes. I mean, some had to do with the weather, but for the most Dallas, part. Dallas, awful. Dallas didn't play any of their starters. Mm-hmm. I heard Stephen Jones talking before the yep. Tampa game saying, we're not concerned about preseason. We had the joint practices with the Chargers. <laughs> Listen, those are controlled scrimmages. We all know what they are. Quarterbacks can't get touched. We've seen Dallas come out Sunday night and lay an egg. Uh, they, you know, they moved the ball in the first series, and I don't think they got past the 50-yard line until the end of the fourth quarter. So you've seen it across the board, and you've definitely seen it in the in the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game on Sunday. Cincinnati's offense looked out of sorts, yep. and that's, that's what you've seen. Yeah, and by the time they figured it out later in the game, when they started late. getting a little rhythm to it, it was over. I mean, right. you know, I mean, it should have been over. It wasn't right. over. Right. Was, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that. But, but this I could mean, be a huge – look at last year, right? The Steelers go to Buffalo and win. That's the difference. They make the playoffs last year. And so I don't understand why teams still take this position when every game – it sounds corny, but it's true. Every game in the NFL, it counts. Because no one – no coach wants to be that one guy who's quarterback, star player – Pops it, pops something in the preseason that doesn't count, and they're out for the year. Nobody wants to answer to that. Well, the, the opposite is okay. Now you're zero and one, you know. And a lot of teams are facing that because you know they didn't want to do anything in the preseason. They came out flat. And there's only 17 of these. Mm-hmm. You got to take advantage. Come out and win every single game you possibly can. And to go, you know, to start the year zero and one, that's for the Steelers. That would that's they stole a game. Mm-hmm. That's one that nobody had, just like last year. Last year it wound up paying off. Um, I had it. We'll see we'll what talk happens. about that. I had it thanks yep. to this, these comments because I was thinking Cincinnati, and then during over the course of our podcast last week, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a lot to be said for this. So I, like I picked the, Pittsburgh. I like the Steelers in the points. I thought seven and a half was ridiculous, but I didn't think they could. I didn't think they could pull it off. But uh, well, well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Now, so, first question I have for both of you, aside from what we all we both know that on that defense. 
that outside linebacker position is the most important position on the field for the Steelers. Watt had another monster game. But Highsmith, I don't think three sacks. Yeah, and, and TJ, I heard an interview in the preseason with TJ, and he talked about how close Highsmith was last year. That There was a lot of plays that he left on the table where he was just, just came up short. And it reminds me a lot of Bud Dupree. I mean, Dupree went through a lot of the same things here. He was terrible. Not you know he was, right. it was Highsmith has never been terrible, but Dupree was bad his first couple of years, and then slowly he progressed. And in that fifth year, you know they mm -hmm. they, they uh, the fifth year of his contract, he burst onto the scene, wound up leaving mm -hmm. as a free agent, and I see sort of that same progression with Highsmith. Now the problem with TJ, now the problem with Highsmith is he doesn't have TJ. Right. So what you what you want to see and what you hope now is that Highsmith can take some of the T.J. Watt role. He's not going to be T.J. Watt. Nobody's no. going to be him. But if he can take some of that and on his shoulders, Malik Reed, mm -hmm. who's not a slouch. This isn't Derek no. Tuska or some of the other scrubs. I mean, he's had 15 sacks in the last two years. I mean, he's a legitimate outside linebacking possibility. So if he can come in and take the Highsmith role, Highsmith takes the T.J. Watt role, then you have the guys behind them. The problem is the attrition. You know, they're mm. you know they've signed a couple guys to the practice squad this week. That um, you know, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of hope in that. But if those two guys can sort of you know elevate their game mm. a little bit enough, I think that'll be enough to sort of hold this tide for now. No, I, the defense on Sunday. I, I listen. I watched the entire game, and it, they they played probably one of the best defensive games I've, I've seen played, especially the first half. Yeah. I mean. Cincinnati could do nothing offensively. Um, Mika was Mika that was, Mika. was that yeah, was the Mika yeah. that we were used to a couple of years ago yeah. when he's playing center field and mm -hmm. able to ball hawk. Um, Highsmith played a great game. You know, defensive everybody played well. Wait, on for me, the one signing that really paid off too. We talked about this in our preview last week. We were worried about Joe Mixon. Guess what? Ogan Joby already paid dividends. Yeah, he was very noticeable. I've, I, I don't know. I don't have a stat line in front of me. He was disruptive. But he was very disruptive. I know he had four or five tackles and definitely plugged up the middle. There's no doubt. No, the defense was better than advertised. We knew they were good. But now they got to piggyback yeah. off of that. They're not going to play like that every week. No. They're not going to be able to well, get – Well, especially all, without 90. The, the, yeah, especially without <laughs> 90. But they're not going to be able to get the turnovers for touchdowns all the time. So the good news is they won the game despite doing absolutely nothing on offense. Right. But they're not going to be able to continue to win football games with doing nothing. No. I mean, they did nothing on offense. Well, speaking of that, I was shocked that Tomlin came out after. And I'm going to start a new weekly feature, the Tomlinism of the week, which we'll get to. But he even came out after the game and said they had no interest at all playing downfield football on offense. Basically, they told Mitch, don't turn the ball over. And he was successful with that. But the result is you see what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, well, what you know – I get the strategy. If if the Steelers turn the ball over one time in that game, that might have they, mm -hmm. they they probably lose. And they should have won. They should have honestly. Let's face it. They probably should have lost, even without turning the ball over. And that's the fine line with this team right now. And you know, I wasn't real happy with the, with how conservative they were, but you know, you play each game the you know with the cards that are mm -hmm. dealt to you. It was the first game for a lot of guys. 
Um, you're still coming off injuries. You know, uh, Najee did not look right to me that no. whole game. He, he was looked, very tentative the whole thing. Very game. tentative. I don't think he was healthy going in. I think that's going to linger. Yeah. Yeah. This is that's a huge concern. You're I, right. And I was reading. I read a, an article this week about this is like the fourth or fifth injury to his ankles, even going back mm-hmm. to college. Um, but I, I tell you what, that little Warren kid, man, that so, kid's got some. <laughs> that kid's got some stones. Well, and that lays me to the Tomlinism of the week. Did you guys hear yes, it? I heard that. Tommy, go ahead. <laughs> you, you, they, asked how he, they asked how he played, and he said, well, he didn't urinate on his leg, so it was a pretty good day. How can you not love this guy? I know. I mean, and, and, you know, that's the thing, you know, not to get on the Tomlin train or whatever, but everybody wants to rip that guy. And there are times where he deserves to be ripped. But, man, that's part of what won that game was coaching. Mm-hmm. That was a well-played defensive. That wasn't just defensive guys. That was putting the guys in the right spot. Mm-hmm. At the right time, and I think you're starting to see the Tomlin, Flores, Terrell Austin. Yep. That that could be a pretty dangerous <laughs> to, combination. And again, for all the people out there, the Tomlin's calling the plays. Just watch the freaking game. He does not have a play card in his hands. Mm-hmm. Austin called the play, just like Butler he called the plays last year. But that was a great defensive game plan, and he gave the coaching staff. The coaching staff deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that game too. Not just when they do something bad that they deserve the blame. No, I, you know, we talk about the offense, and you're right. Each game's different, right? The defense was so dominant, they were able to be conservative on offense and basically play field position, right? Because right. they – obviously, I don't know how many play, plays they ran, half as many as Cincinnati, maybe more than yes, that. Cincinnati dominated. 89 the plays to yeah. 46. 100. Cincinnati ran 100 uh, offensive yeah, plays. They, I think it was 159 or something like that. Yeah, and so this week might be a little bit of the same. The, the only problem, they need to run the football. They need to control the clock. You can't leave your defense out right. there for that many so plays. So let's talk about game. this weekend's game. They have the Patriots coming off an absolute clunker against the Dolphins. What are your thoughts? What are we thinking for this week? I, and it's here at home. It, it, it's here at home. Um, I heard Mac Jones isn't playing. He is playing. He is playing, he is playing. with the back. Yes. Um, Oof. I, you know, <laughs> it'd be bad. Yeah, that could be bad, bad for him. He's not a real mobile quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, Burrow can move. I mean, he's not a runner, but he can move. Um, Jones is your typical five-seven step mm-hmm. drop guy. He doesn't move real well in the pocket. Um, he's a sitting duck back there. New England was able to do nothing against Miami's defense on Sunday. Um, they turned the ball over. Uh, now, New England has a good defense. Um, they always do. I mean, they it's always Belichick. Do. I mean, he's always going to have a good defense. But I think the Steelers have the same game plan they had going into the Cincinnati game. Dominate on defense, play field position. It might not be a high-scoring game, but I, I think the Steelers win by 10, 13, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, I think the Steelers – I think they would have anyway, but I think the Steelers are going to have a different offensive game plan because, quite frankly, if you turn the ball over against Cincinnati, it's probably going to wind up in your end zone mm-hmm. with that offense. Right. I mean, that's, that is one of the most talented skill position quarterback down that, that they're going to face all year that maybe that there is in the whole NFL. Um, I mean, that, that is a scary lineup as for what they put out there. Um, but it's the opposite this week. You know, if the Steelers turn the ball over at the 50-yard line against New England. Might be a field. <laughs> maybe. Might be, maybe. Right. I mean, this is going to be one of those. Well, first. and you have to get Pickens involved this week. Well, I, and I think you're going to get everybody involved. Uh, yeah, I, I just think you're going to see them throw the ball more and be a little bit more aggressive offensively this week because I don't think there's going to be quite the fear of 
oh my god, a turnover is really gonna, you know, it's gonna be, you know, cost us this weekend like it did last weekend. So yeah, I'm, I'll be at the game. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it seems like I only right. go to Steeler games when it's eighty when it's eighty degrees. So it's going to be eighty three. Yeah, uh, nice, nice and hot. Game, yep. mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, this is a good chance. This is a good team for the first game without TJ Watt. Is what I think. It's a, it's the right opponent. Right. Yeah, it's, you, it's not. A, you're not facing Josh Allen or Herbert uh, or one of these guys. No, you're facing a very bland. I mean, hell, they got defensive coaches right. calling plays over there. I mean, they're a. This is one of those times where I think Belichick thought he was smarter than everybody in the room, and I think it's proving to be like, uh, whoops, whoops, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm. They not just so, don't have the personnel this year. No, they don't they have don't. the. They don't have the. They don't have the offensive coaching right. staff. They don't have the offensive players. I mean, it's just a very un-Belichick like. But to Michael's point, their defense is going to be good. I mean, they're is going to play well. So, I, I wouldn't say that. I think this is going to be one of those seventeen nine, you know, twenty to twelve ugly games kind of thing. But yeah, I, I this is a good game for the Steelers, and I, I think they're going to. They should win. Hopefully, win. Well, when you you think about New England, and I was thinking about this today before we went on the air. It, we always talked about it. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? Mm-hmm. Now Belichick has been doing the last three years the same things he did when Brady was there. He got him crappy wide receivers, usually mm-hmm. crappy running backs, always a good offensive line and a good defense. They're doing the same thing, except there's no Brady, right, right. and that's the difference. So maybe Brady was the reason they were winning and not Belichick as much. Right. I'm not saying Belichick's not a great coach, but I don't think he's as great as everybody thinks he is. No, I, I think there's something to that. I think it was a combination of both. I, I think Tom could do certain things. Um, he's, he's the GOAT for a reason, right? And when you have him, he's going to be able to do things no one else can. So, obviously, Brady played a huge role. But Belichick is Mr. Defense. I mean, that dude's been dialing it up forever on the defensive side of the ball since we were kids and he had Lawrence Taylor on the edge for the Giants when he was the defensive coordinator at Parcells. I mean, he's a defensive genius. That hasn't changed. He doesn't have the goat anymore on the other side of the ball. Well, and I think what what you're seeing is is that you know one thing that hasn't changed in the NFL is it's a quarterback league. It just mm-hmm. is. And Brady has been the best, and I've I've come around to him. I mean, I still think the I still think the Patriots organization are cheaters. I still think that uh, uh, that some of the Super Bowls they've won they won because the other team gave it to them. I mean, let's face it, twenty eight to three. They won, right. you know. Pete Carroll throwing the ball from the one yard line. I mean, they won. Uh, you know, so when I mean, you have Marshawn Lynch, yeah. I mean, so but I've, I've really come around to Brady and started to respect more and appreciate what he's done, especially down in Tampa. What he's done down there and turned around that awful organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, well, true. To, yeah, that's well, true. Well, 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 speaking of that organization, let's get to our picks for the weekend. Oh, by the way, last week three and zero. Oh. Me, yeah. Do we have video. Do we have any kind of audio. I have. I have the picks. I have, right. the picks. Right. Yeah. The I, have picks. I have Microsoft Word proof. Three and zero. I have so. I was three and zero against the spread. Well, so, but we don't. That's impressive. I know. Well, that's hey, impressive in of itself. I'm but for, I'm, you know, hey, something here. Were you on Fanduel? No. I well, then it doesn't count. Right. So the best games, we, New England and Pitt. We talked about a little. I think we all think Steelers are going to win. Correct. Yeah, but here's the crazy thing, and this always makes me nervous. The Steelers are a one and a half point home dog, and it always makes me nervous that Vegas knows something that we don't. <laughs> right? No, no. and the, they, those listen, guys, they get it right guys, more than they get it they wrong. Short, and they got they got last week's wrong, so now it just makes you nervous that 
Like, what the hell? I don't understand how the Steelers are a point and a half dog at home because when you're the home team, you're getting three usually just for being home. So you're telling me at a neutral site that the New England Patriots would be a four and a half point favorite over the Steelers? I, I just, I don't know. I don't get that. I, I don't get it either. I, I think the Steelers win. I New England, I, I'm, I'm saying 23 to six. They might get two field goals in this game. Their offense showed me nothing last week. Right. Um, Miami's defense is good, but it's not as good as the Steelers. Um, they're in Pittsburgh, home opener. I mean, I, I think Steelers 23-6. I'm going to say 24-11. Okay, 11. Yeah, I'm going to say it's. I'm going to say it's three, two or three. I'm going to say it's like 20 to three with two minutes to go. They score a touchdown and throw the extra point. You know, just to go for two, point, two yeah. just to try to. Interesting. So, yeah. Tommy gives it goes that far in depth. Okay, wow. all right. I'm going to say Steelers 27, Patriots 10. I think this is they're going to win this one here, yeah, we're, even we're without TJ. So, all right, let's move on. So you mentioned Tampa. The other there's two other really good games this weekend. One, a division matchup: Tampa at New Orleans. Well, Michael, you go first. Oh game. boy, That's here, your here, here we your go. Boys. So right I picked against go. my boys last week. Uh, that didn't turn out so well. Picks. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, Tampa, for whatever reason, has trouble with New Orleans. They uh, do. They always have. And no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Breeze, if it's Winston, if it's Taysom Hill, yeah. or whatever the hell his name is, um, they don't play well. In particular, in New Orleans, I'm going to take the Saints 27-24. Okay. I it just it, every I, every time they play New Orleans, I, I it just it, is Godwin playing in this game? No, no, Godwin's that not hurts. playing. Neither is Donovan Smith. They're left right. Tackle. They're left tackle. All right. Given that, I'm going to New Orleans is going to take this game too. Um, you're right. For whatever reason, since you've been such a huge Tampa fan, I've followed along the way, and yeah, the New Orleans gives them fits. They always have. I'm going to say New Orleans at home, uh, 34-24. I'm going to go to New Orleans, too, and I'm going to lean towards um, – I was – as much as uh, this Tampa Bay beat Dallas, I guess, I mean, that wasn't exactly <laughs> and all that uh, difficult of a chore last week. I didn't think Tampa looked great in that win. Not offensively, they no. did. And they got, to go on a, they got to go on the road for a second time uh, in a hostile environment. The place is going to be – that's New Orleans home over. The place is going to be rocking. So, yeah, I'm going to say New Orleans wins that. I'm going to say 24-17. And the, the schedulers yeah. in the NFL yeah. have done the Buccaneers no favors. No. Uh, they go to Dallas. They you know they <laughs> right. go and to New Orleans, New Orleans. Then they come home to play Green Bay, and then they play Kansas City. So they're, they're yeah, doing them the no favors four game on, schedule. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to amend that a little. There's no way New Orleans went 34 up on Tampa's defense. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. 24. Yeah, freeze ain't there no more. No. 24. And that's even on the high end. I, I'm, I'm hesitating to even say that much. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I'm going to say 24-21, New Orleans. Okay. And then uh, the game that has um, the interest of Steeler fans, other than the Steeler game itself, you have Miami at Baltimore. Miami, of course, coming off the win over uh, the Patriots, and Baltimore coming off the, the Jets. I mean, the Jets suck. That, that franchise, I mean – we complain about being pirate fans. I mean, you could be a Jet. Like, yeah, it's they, a, they're, they're, they're god they're awful. Bad. Uh, it, it, Is Flacco the quarterback this week? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Sayla said that he's quarterback in this week. I, I, and I, I like Sayla. I thought they finally got it yeah, right with him. I, I, 
you know, they, they, well, you got to draft the right guys. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every year the Jets seem to always pick. Well, the I like right Sauce. Guy. I think Sauce is going to be good. I think they got it right this well, year. Well, on Sauce. defense, yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Zach Wilson's obviously right. hurt. We don't really. He started to play better towards the end of the year. He actually played pretty well against yeah. Tampa last year when that's when mm-hmm. AB ran off the field with no shirt on. But um, <laughs> he pieced out. I was probably the only one in Pittsburgh watching that game. But he, Wilson's not playing. The Jets, they drafted Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Uh, they still don't have much of a running game. They took Brees uh, right. Hall. Yep. Um, Carter was their leading rusher mm-hmm. last week. He's decent. And Flacco, you know, pedestrian numbers mm-hmm. with the under 200 yards with 30-some attempts. I mean, yeah, it, it, so it's hard to really base what Baltimore did last week. I mean, mm-hmm. it was rainy down there, so right. they, they were having trouble moving the ball. Now, I've watched some of the Miami-New England game. My Tua still to me has not proven. He got some weapons, right? Yep. And he still listen. They won twenty to seven. Mm-hmm. One of them was on defense, so that was a short field. Um, so you really only scored thirteen points. I like Baltimore at home, twenty-three to fourteen. Yeah, I'd like to pick Miami, um, but Baltimore plays well at home. Um, yeah, Tua is still. I'm not sold. Yeah, yeah no, I can't I, get over. Listen, it. I wasn't a fan from day one with him. I mean, they they've got some nice weapons for him yeah. uh, in skill positions. Waddle with, with Tyree Hill. Kill yeah. and Waddle, mm-hmm. and they signed Chase Edmonds and Gasecki is a yeah, tight end. Gusecki I caught mean, one pass last yeah. week for one yard. Yeah, so, but uh, my Baltimore plays well at home. Um, I, I'm going to go Baltimore, twenty three twenty. I'm going to pick Miami in this one. Um, I think they're going to gain a little confidence from their victory last week. Um, I'm going to say Miami wins this one in Baltimore. Um, we'll say runs 27 to 17. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, We're I'm going to go with the, with the Dolphins. Okay. I'm going with the road dog there. Um, hey, I'd be thrilled if they did. I, I, I would be thrilled too. I'm just not sold on the Ravens. I mean, Dobbins is back this week, so that's going to help their offense. Um, you guys both know I'm not a huge fan of Lamar. And I think any decent – well, in the Dolphins last year, shut him down. He had a miserable game against the Dolphins last year. Yeah, but year. that was with Flores there. True. And that's drawing a good point. up that game plan. And that's he's not true. There no that's more. right. That's a great point. And that's also – we didn't touch on that, but that's also something for New England. Flores it was mm-hmm. knows Belichick as well as anybody. He knows a little peek behind the curtains, and that might help the Steelers this week on right. offense – Trying to d- diagnose Belichick's defense too, which we didn't talk about. Great but point. I, yeah. But the Flores influence from Miami last year. Uh, but I mean, everybody's got tape. They saw what mm-hmm. they did. So. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens. See if I remain on top after this week. Does week's anybody games. want to bring up fantasy football since we talked about it last week? Yeah, we can talk about fantasy football. That was our factor fiction last week. Michael, do you want to you want to bring up anything? Michael, fantasy football? Little... I'm good. Uh, <laughs> what's the next topic? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, let's put it to Michael and I did not have a good week. Thanks, Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott. Appreciate it. Tom, Tom can thank Patrick Mahomes for Mahomes, throwing yeah. five touchdowns. Oh. Three of them were fake. I had Trey Lance, too, so or whatever his name is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three so, points. So, so yeah. settle down. All right. So yeah. I still got. Well, the five touchdowns. Tommy pulled out the win over Michael. Play you one figure yeah, if you yeah. haven't figured it out, I beat Michael. Yeah. Again. And I have it's Tommy and I played this week, so. Yeah. Two and those looking good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hurting. I got Mahomes tonight, though. I don't like Thursday night games. I got. I, get, I mean, that's going. a tough game. I got Herbert Eckler going yeah. tonight. As we're I mean, going to talk divisional, about divisional games, no Keenan Allen tonight for San, right. or for. As we're going to talk about, as we're going to talk about next weekend with the with the Steelers playing on Thursday night, 
These Thursday night games are tough. They are. Short turnaround. Ask an NFL player to turn around they hate it. three days. They can barely walk play. on Monday they and then it. have to play on Thursday that's, again. That's, and then this game's on whatever it is, Prime Network or whatever. Right. Amazon, I, is, is tonight's on Amazon yeah, Prime? This first, is the first one? This is the first one on. And who's the uh, who's announcing? Who, who, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Interesting combination. That's right. Okay. I yeah. can't stand Herb Street, but anyway. But yeah. you, yeah, but you need the, you know, you need to know the secret password and the secret yeah. knock to be able to watch this right. game tonight. So I don't know. Do you? Does any? Do you guys I have, have Prime? Uh, I have Prime. Well, yeah, I'm using somebody else's password. And I'm not even <laughs> sure it works. So <laughs> he, he didn't say that. Right. Jeff Bezos. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Bezos yeah. 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 Well, he yeah, was just, he didn't. That, was just, no. a, that was just a joke. He was winking yeah. as he said it. Yeah. 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 No. I, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to even get back in. Well, that. the good news is yeah. that me and you are going for an adult beverage after this, and they probably have it next door. Nice. They might. They might not. Yeah. We'll no. see. They probably do. I would hope. D's. Shout out D's, by the way. D six bucks. Yeah. Great place. Um, now the one that really hurts. You both. I mean, listen, I love the Steelers. I root for the Steelers, but my team is Pitt. Um, in that game last week, I was at the game, and the Pitt Tennessee game. You could just feel it when they couldn't put away. And Tommy, you said it. And you're absolutely right. We were talking about it in the stands during the game when Bub Means couldn't pull down that pass in the end zone to make it 17 nothing. Uh, the air went out of the stadium because I think everybody felt. Listen, we're still pit at the end of the day, and you're still waiting for them to pit. Last year it didn't happen because they had the best quarterback in college football. It happened this week. We're back to that pit being pit, and something. And in this case, there's many things that happened. Um, but that hurt, um, you know, unfortunate holding calls, uh, penalties galore, you know, being out of bounds by five inches. Uh, that was the story of that game. I think that Jared Wayne non-catch along the sidelines pretty much summarized that entire game. It was inches. And Narduzzi said, and he's right, I mean, you know, and that's any game. Oops, that was my cord there. That's any game. Um boy oh boy I mean I could go through and that's where after the game we were just sitting in our seats um, you know and uh, we, we rattled off 15 different things that happened happened in that game that if they were to be different the outcome but Michael what did your dad always say it's better to be lucky than good and you know and ifs I, and buts is, and, yeah, yeah yeah ifs the biggest word yeah, in the vocabulary yeah, yeah, right, yeah. he used to say if the dog wouldn't have stopped to take a shitty to caught the rabbit right, right. I mean if is, there was a lot of ifs in that game yeah you can say that Listen, I called this. I, I said did. they were going to lose to Tennessee. It. And I said if they played the same way they played against West Virginia, which basically they did, other than some special teams plays that were pretty good, for the most part, they didn't do anything really well. The pass rush we've talked about before the season, right, this pass rush is going to get on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Please Listen, Hooker yep. and Tillman did whatever they, they wanted. Went. It oh. was just them two playing yep. catch. And they would run, run – the cross on the out, the outside cross all the time. Pitt couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. Well, they it, ran that play at least 15 times. It's not that they can't figure it out. Narduzzi's defense, for as long as he's been here, insists on playing man-to-man. Hmm. And that's how you beat man-to-man. Right. You run them into each right. other. Exa- yeah. And it's, it's how many times do we have to watch this? You know, you're, you're even in the overtime. You're matching up their best wide receiver one on one. One on one. You know, you're leaving guys. That out was there. a lot to ask Devonshire in that play. Yeah, by the way, people. I mean, you can't. It's, it's been. There's no on. pressure on Hooker, and he he ran three. Three. I was watching. He had enough time. That Tillman. He had his original route and adjusted it twice. That's a and, and boom touchdown. I mean, yeah, that, you can't put your corner. I, I mean, that's horrible. 
and, and really, both games that we're talking about this weekend, you, you just scratch your head. I mean, for as good as the Steelers' game plan was, in overtime, they line up Witherspoon against Chase one-on-one. Right. Everybody knew where that ball was going, yeah. and, he, and they got it done. Same thing in overtime. As soon as Tillman was lined up one-on-one with Devonshire with no over-the-top help, yeah. you know where the ball's going. Yeah. I don't know what you can ask of these college kids, these college defensive backs. There is something to be said that they are – how many defensive backs for Pitt are there in the NFL now? A ton, and, yeah. But none of them were quote-unquote high draft picks or any good here because the defense that Narduzzi puts these guys in is a no-win for a quarterback. Nobody can play that defense. And it's just a shame that Narduzzi is just so stubborn when it comes to his style of play, and I just don't get it. I really don't. What The most alarming aspect of that game for me, and, it, and I actually sat, and I'm not throwing but I, I sat with Joe Patty, Nick's dad, at the game in the parent section and it gives you a completely different perspective on the game so i vowed like i'm never going to criticize a college athlete i just i mean because here you can hear other fans throwing jabs and and, and with the, you're sitting around and you, you know you can't help but feel it right and when nick went into the game and people were saying stuff and i'm sitting right next to, i mean i mean that hurts so i'm not going to pick on any one player i'm just going to say the offensive line has been manhandled two weeks in a row, and it's a huge issue. What was perceived as a huge strength coming into the season hasn't been anything but these first two games. And they've also been dinged up, too. They know, have, the right yeah. tackle's not yeah. playing. A little dinged up. The left tackle Always seemed like he was out. rotating. Yeah. Warren yeah. looked like yeah. he was rotating. The center got hurt. Right. There's um, been some injuries for sure, but – it's always next man up. Hey. But no excuses, no, right? I mean, no even when I talked to Nick after – no excuses. Um, whoever's in there, we said they were eight or nine deep on the offensive line coming into the season. Right, depth, the depth. depth, depth. And, and we're not seeing it. To me, both lines have been disappointing. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. Tommy talked about the defense, and I'll touch on this real quick. You can play man-to-man if you're getting to the quarterback. Yeah. If you're not getting to the quarterback and you don't have top-end elite corners, they're going to get beat. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've seen in the first two games. And they, they haven't played well on the defensive line. And like you said, Mark, you, you touched on it. The offensive line, and we're not picking on one particular no. player. It's been across the board. All yep. five guys have not done their job. Well, obviously, I mean, Slovis gets knocked out at the end of the first half. And not only did he get knocked and then out, Nick gets he hurt. got absolutely yeah. destroyed yeah. in the first half. I mean, yeah. I think he got hit 13 times. Yeah, it, it, it they set a record. record. Yeah, Tennessee's been playing football for 100 years, and that's the most they've ever hit a quarterback ever. Yeah. 25. So, 25, 25 times 25 our quarterback's, quarterbacks got between hit. Between the two of them. And, you know, Nick goes down with the high ankle sprain. He gets his leg bent back yeah. underneath him in a, in a scrum in the middle of the field. Um, listen, they had chances to win that game, but, but they the, just didn't do enough to win the game. The other thing I was screaming about, and I, listen, I said I wouldn't criticize players. Coaches are, are fair game. Sure. Oh, Signetti. Listen, God bless. His father passed away Saturday morning. He just found out about it before they took the field. I can't imagine how difficult it was for him. So, you know, let's, let's make sure we, we put that out there. But when Nick came in, we're not talking about a freshman who's never played in a game. This dude, the offense he ran with Nick was pathetic. He never gave him a chance to get into a rhythm. And when you have a quarterback coming in in front of 50,000 people, that, and it was a great environment, fantastic, loud. I mean, it was nutso, right? You're losing. you got to give him a chance. You can't make it so obvious. We knew. We, at one point, Joe and I called 10 consecutive plays. We knew exactly. If we're sitting in the stands and we can call it, Ryan Jacoby would come in as an extra offensive lineman, 
Izzy gets the ball. Jacoby would come off, Bartholomew would come on, there would be a play action or some type of pass, a slant or something like that. Um, it was it was ridiculous. Give Nick a chance. I'm not making any, like we said, excuses, and Nick will say the same thing. But you got to give him a chance. I mean, you got a guy coming in cold in that environment. Try to get him into a rhythm. Yeah, the first two series that he played were really bad. Yeah, I mean, really, the play calling, the actual execution of whatever right. play was called was right. bad. Tennessee knew what they were going to try to do. They were trying to protect Nick. Right. And you're, we're not talking, like you said, we're not talking about a freshman quarterback. No. He should be able to handle the pressure. He, yeah. he should know. He didn't put him in a position to succeed early on. And then once he injured the ankle, right. then all bets were off. Nick couldn't get out of the pocket. Yep. Uh, hey, and kudos to him for completing that pass to Wayne to tie the game up. That was a great pass. That was one of the best passes I've seen. Yeah. But it, it, he just didn't – they didn't do enough either play calling or execution right. to win that game. So now we're what? We're on to Western Michigan, right? This is a team that beat them yep. last year in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Now we go to Western Michigan, which makes no sense to me. I don't Pitt know was thoroughly outcoached. We'll stay on that theme for a second. That Western, they're thoroughly outcoached. Last year. Last year. Yeah. Thir- it, they now, couldn't stop that have, stupid little uh, was, the was the slant. slant. Yeah. It was, it was quick slants across quick, the middle. Yeah. Now they got a different quarterback this year. Right. Um, they lost. They got Michigan. a local kid, Slope yeah. from yeah. Norman. They got uh, they beat they lost to Michigan State 35-13, and mm-hmm. then they they beat Ball State last right. week, which you know in that's, a tight game. Yeah. In a tight game, that's a MAC game. Um, but again, Pitt's going on the road. We can't just assume they're going to win this game if they play like this again. It, right. It's the, it's the same. They got to play better on both sides of the ball, and it starts with the offense and defensive lines. Right. Yeah. If to me, if the offensive and defensive line play like this, they lose Saturday night. Western Michigan, this is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They got a team like Pitt coming to their stadium for whatever reason. Whatever I reason, still I don't know right, idea yeah. why, how, how we did this. But we're going there on a night game, seven thirty. That crowd's going to be nuts. Yeah, uh, it's not going to. That's no layup. That is absolutely positive. No, absolutely no not. Um, and you know the questions at quarterback. You know, well, I can from what I'm hearing coming out of the South Side, Keaton's playing. He's fine. He's been practicing all week, so you're going to see Slovis out there Saturday night. Great. How long is he going to last? Right. And then you got Nick, who's walking Nick around. Is out this I week. think Nick lost a leg Saturday yeah. night with what the abuse Nick's he was out taking. With, he's got the low grade high uh, ankle, so, so he's out. I mean, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't think this is a land. And then what should be a, we we talked about this last week. If you get to two and zero, then you know you got you set yourself up for a nice season. Well, now you, with that yeah. loss. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're really you're, right. you're 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 trying you're walking a thin line. Now you got to win these next yeah. these next yeah. few games uh, till you get to the meat of your ACC schedule because you got some easy ACC games to start off with before you go. What is it? To Louisville, to North Carolina, or they go Georgia Tech, Georgia Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, but it, it, we say but th- I'm saying and then that after that those two games. Should oh yeah, be, those are winning. Those, those should, should they be. Have should. To, they have but to be. Again, they have to be. We struggle with West Virginia. Right. What did West Virginia do last yeah, week? Oh my gosh! They lost Kansas. Kansas yeah. hasn't won a Big Twelve game in eighteen years. Yeah, I'm very nervous about the season. Um, very, very nervous. Well, the problem and, is, is the foundation of this was offensive and defensive lines. Is that we thought that those, right. if you if you have veteran groups, which we do, that should be able to. I mean, you have some of these offensive linemen are five years older than the guys that they're playing. Four years older than the right. guys they're playing. Physically, they're more mature. They should be bigger and stronger. They should be manhandling these guys, and they're just not. Well, and, and to your point about injuries, though, on the defensive line, they're missing a key cog with Des. I thought he was going to play. He was dressed. He was dressed, and on the sideline, I thought he. But they're holding him out. I, I don't know if he's going to play this week. 
Um, I, I think they're holding him out and make sure he's 100% and, ready to go know, for ACC and then ball. Clancy again. I mean, Clancy yeah. made one, he got Clash one sack. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I noticed him in either game. It was the only time. And he was a preseason All-American. Yeah. No, so. I, no question. I think they all realize they all have another level that they need to reach, and they haven't yet for whatever reason. Um, I fear, like I said last week, that they read their press clippings a little too much in the offseason. Um, time will tell. I think this team needs to – Hopefully go up to Kalamazoo and get an easy win, like throttle this team and start gaining some confidence. Because they, they certainly haven't gained any after these first two games. As I said, you know, at the West Virginia game, that was, it didn't feel like a win. It didn't feel like a win to them. It didn't feel like a win to me. Well, that's because our expectations are different than they And so are theirs. Yes. And, well, and so that's be. why I think they came out of that game if you not look, building any confidence. Listen, this game again, I'm going to reiterate. I did it last week. Well, they got Bartholomew involved in the first half. How about that play he made? Uh, jumping Tell me he's not athletic yeah, as hell. Super athletic. All his catches were in the first half. I, I, right. Maybe yeah. one in the second half. I asked Nick about Yeah, I mean, they just didn't call any plays. They didn't call any plays for him. And if you look just at the stats from Saturday's game and you didn't watch it, you think, well, Izzy had a great game. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He had a 76-yard touchdown run and another 29-yard run, right? Mm -hmm. That's what – I'm not good at math, but that's almost 105, right, that's yards. six yards. He had 23 more carries for like 50 yards. He had 25 carries for 157 right. yards. So the other 23 carries, he averaged a little over right. two yards a carry. That's not getting it done. you got to be able to run the football, and that starts with the offensive line. And on the defensive side, they got to get to the quarterback. Yeah. They're not pressuring the quarterback enough. Yeah. That's what they need to start doing this week. If they do those two things, then they should blow out Western Michigan. Should. Should. Yeah, I, I just want to see them get start to get healthy and get on the right side of playing their game. Just the offensive and defensive line just got to start to dominate. And they yeah. should dominate this team this weekend. Yeah. And then hopefully get on a roll. Like I said, this season. Yeah, because then they have Rhode Island. So, like I said, hopefully you start building some confidence. I yeah. think that's what this team needs most. And you're right. Along the offensive and defensive lines, they need to manhandle some teams. Start building up that confidence and hopefully get on a little bit. Yeah, more. and that makes you, when your big guys are, are dominate, it makes you puff out your chest a little mm -hmm. bit. It makes you feel a little tougher. It makes you, you know, right. feel a little taller. Hey, my right. guys, my big guys are dominating. Right. So, you know, hopefully they, hopefully that happens. Is this, game, is this game on TV anymore? Yeah, yeah. ESPNU. Yeah, ESPNU. Is that another one? We got it's not on Amazon. You got to no. know the secrets. You got to <laughs> know the secret handshake and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, know. I, I get think it. you get that. I mean, Every, that's basic, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's basic. I'm surprised it's on ESPNU. I thought it was going to be on ESPN Plus. We have to watch it online. But. Yeah. Non-HD. I have trouble right. with that yeah. now. Yeah. It's tough. All right. Now, let's talk about a team that we haven't talked about much over the past month or so, and rightfully so, uh, the Pirates. Um, over the past week or so, the plan is looking pretty good. Yeah. It's starting to really shape the way we thought it would maybe in June. Um, you know, we got the guys that started the season. Tommy talked about it. We had all those injuries and the rookies came up. Some of them, like Zawinski, got off to a hot start with the home runs and then he went into and a Andy Haynes. Job. Yeah, he was Andy yeah, Haynes. He was Andy Haynes, our, you know, <laughs> right. our hitting coach. Cal Mitchell came up twice, didn't play a lot the second time, came up a third time. Now he's hitting almost 240, coming up from 198. Some of these young guys are starting to gain some traction. O'Neill Cruz was hitting 195. Now he's hitting 227. It doesn't seem like a lot. But, but from where he was. From where he was. Rodolfo Castro. That's my guy. I think this Yeah, I want to talk legit. about him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, this guy has 14 career home runs and less than 250 play appearances in yeah. his career. He got some pop. He got a little juice in the back. Um, 
you know, he has a little, you know, he has a little hot dog in him. He does. I mean, he, you know, he, pen, he, he has some mental lapses every the other now day. Then. He does have, I mean, you know, aside from him not running out that ball, he got sent down earlier, and then the iPhone in the back pocket thing was bizarre. I've never seen that before. Yeah. But he seems to be maturing. And I yeah. mean, now I've never, I haven't seen the kid not run out of ball um, because he knows, you know, that, I mean, it's a fine line. And he, he's starting to gain traction at the plate where he's starting to recognize breaking pitches. Uh, Cruz hasn't gotten to that point yet, but this lineup is starting to look like what we might see next year and then adding more guys that are coming up through the system. And, Tommy, you said earlier, early summer, that you wanted to be able to say, okay, we have this guy for next year, this guy's definite for next year, and, and not pencil, use Sharpie and yeah. put their name on the board. Time to start using permanent markers. Yeah, start, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think you're starting to see – I think you're – the way I've looked at it is I've seen more guys that I'm crossing off my list than I'm necessarily writing in pen right now. But you're starting to start – even even uh, uh, Cruz. I mean, Cruz is a lightning rod. You know, you got Big Mouse in this town that do nothing but chirp him and, and talk about, you know, that he's a you know that he's a waste. And we all know who that loudmouth is from 3 to 6 on the radio every day. <laughs> That's got nothing better to do than just try to piss in everybody's Cheerios. But yesterday's was the perfect example of what O'Neill Cruz is. He took three of the worst at bats I've ever seen. I mean, he looked like he was just like like he would swing at that left hand and look over to dugout like, really? Like, you got me out here against this guy. I got no shot at what it is. Liddell's pretty nasty. No, and, you know, nasty. he had a tough left-handed guy, and then his fourth at bat, he comes up against the right-hander and hits a ball out the opposite field. And, and he didn't get all of it. Yeah, no, he didn't. Right, no, I, I didn't think so he, strong. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, he kind of, and he just kind of, you know, you know, a little laissez-faire, <laughs> a little flip to left field, and he hit a three eighty. I mean, and that's what you get with him. I mean, and you look at some of these guys, and you talk about the quote unquote stars of this team, and Reynolds and Cabrian Hayes. I mean, Reynolds no. has 21, what's a twenty one, no, twenty three home runs yeah, down. One Cruz has fifteen. Right, yeah. and. 48 RBIs. Yeah. And Cruz has 48 yeah. I think Cruz might lead the team in RBIs no, now. he's three behind Reynolds. He's okay. going to catch him for sure yeah, by I mean, the end of the year. You can't argue that stuff. And, you know, yes, he takes some bad swings and stuff like that, but I don't think there's any doubt that O'Neill Cruz is a legitimate, going to be a, oh, yeah. a star player that's going to be here for a long time. So his name you write in pen right now in big, bold letters. He ain't going anywhere. And I think, and he's not leaving shortstop and either. And I think personally, he's played shortstop fine. I mean, he's got he's got a couple lapses where he gets those. He's one of those the easy balls. He's yeah. one of those guys that is best when he doesn't think. Yeah, yep. he you hit a missile to him, he's gonna make the play and throw the dude out. Yep. You hit a four hopper to him, yeah, he's like he winds ah, up. I don't want right. to throw this through. Right. You know, the four foot first baseman's chest. I'll just try to lob it over here, and then that's where stuff right. goes awry. Um, but yeah, you're that in the pitching too this week. I mean, yes. oh, that's pitching. Really, we definitely have to talk about the pitching. Yeah, yeah. the pitching that is the big part for me because the Pirates are not going to go out and sign a thirty million dollar pitcher. Um, they're going to try to get the Quintanas and the and the and the Lirianos and the Burnets from back Tyler in the day. Anderson. Tyler Anderson, the guys that are retreads that they can sign on the cheap and try to flip. But what there's what you're seeing is I think Keller has come far enough oh, now. Yeah. Where, you know, none of these guys are ones or aces. They don't but have to be. No. They, you know, you need you just need to have good, legitimate starting pitching. And I, you've got that with Keller. Contreras, although again, yesterday, what are they doing? Now they're going back down again. We're limiting his pitching well, again. Is there some kind of well pitch count? 
con- thread in his contract where we're gonna he's getting close to that we can't let him throw. I, I looked at it, Tom, and I, I looked at the, the he's through the most he's ever thrown in a season. And listen, we grew up in a different era. Right. I know you're gonna roll your eyes. Everybody, this is the way baseball's. Listen, it's the way it's played. That's Cincinnati, why we don't like it. Cincinnati anymore. Reds shut down Hunter Green. Uh, the Reds are limiting Ladello's innings. And the thing about it, it doesn't matter. They all go down for TJ well, or some it, type it, of surgery it, at some it, point it, in their career it, anyway. It's most and Hunter Green's hurt now. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it, so Contreras has only thrown the most in a season, I think 75 innings. I think that's what he's at now. I think that's where the concern is. Um, the, the thing, like Tom, we were talking, listen, we all seen uh, Ortiz the other night. Yeah. My God. Oh, lights out. And, what and, do you have, six? Hundred plus balls, six hundred plus balls, and he had twenty six ninety nines. And yeah, they were putting the ball in play. They didn't really hit any real mm-hmm. hard, some flyouts and stuff. And the difference between a really, really good major league pitcher is they have a third pitch that you can get you mm-hmm. out with. He got two strikes on a lot of hitters. He can't put them away. Contreras has the same problem. But we really are starting to see some pitching right. coming up. And Quinn Priester's having a fantastic mm-hmm. year at Altoona, and he missed the first two months of the season. You got Quinn Priester coming. You got Burrows. Mike Burrows coming. Yeah. Um, you know Cody Bolton is still. I, listen, he's probably going to be a relief pitcher at some he's, point. He, yeah, he's probably. They have to figure him out. He's Rule Five eligible. Right. So, so we'll see. What they might they have add. to put him on right. a forty man. But right. You're starting to see that. That's what we want to see is five legitimate starting right. pitchers. You don't have to have number one, but if you got five threes, right. I take that. And so we're starting. To, that's what's so exciting about the end of the year. Everything's starting to come into place. Right, you know the young guys that are here are starting to show a little traction. Yep. The game's slowing down for them, and then the guys we got coming like Andy Rodriguez and that dude better be our catcher next year. Oh my! I God. don't want to hear any. I, he's hitting three seventy. He's by way. far the best catcher in the entire system, major leagues on down. He's we, better than Jason Delay. And we talked and Tyler Heineman. We talked earlier in the year. Tommy brought it up that Andy Rodriguez was playing some other positions. So I went back and looked at mm-hmm. some tape of him behind the plate this kid has a rocket for an arm yeah. i mean i think he's throwing out seven seven of ten, ten and altoona and he was the high a defensive catcher of the year at greensboro in that particular mm-hmm. uh whatever conference they play in down there so this kid has some good defensive pred- pedigree and he's 22 years old so you're starting i'm hoping i can't wait for next year because i'm you know we're going to have some guys here that you know that, that give us some excitement i think this team has made strides this year even though you're not seeing it in the win 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 loss column yeah and then one pitcher you didn't mention was oveda or whatever his name is. Oviato, yeah. Yeah. i'm yeah, still they, not so sure that he's a starter, starter either we're I'm, not sure I'm but sure he has good stuff um but yeah I've, I've liked what i've seen from him and that's part of the mm-hmm. quintana trade um, and, and you're looking at the situation now with Andy Rodriguez sort of establishing himself as a catcher, and then you have Davis mm-hmm. uh, in, in in Altoona. He's playing might, in the Arizona Fall League too. Right. You way. might have a situation where in a couple of years you have two stud catchers, and one catches one day, and when he's not catching, he's DHing or playing exactly. first base exactly. or mm-hmm. or doing something else. So I mean, that's a great problem to have. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time uh, since we had any catching. You know, a real stud catcher, right. uh, homegrown too. I mean, since Jason Kendall, Kendall really. Right. And, yeah, Kendall yeah. was probably our best catcher, I think, offensively. offensively. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and defensively, yeah. defensively he was pretty before good. He got defense. hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, that would be a great problem to have. Too many catchers, right? You never have too many catchers. Well, let's stay on the Pirates for our first factor fiction question of the week. Everybody loves factor fiction. Here we go. The Pirates will sign Andrew McCutcheon and or. Quintana in the offseason. The pitchers love Quintana. They loved him. 
they you know they paid tribute to him when Quintana was back in town. They used his you know his warm up music, whatever it is. Um, and there's been some speculation there that he has interest in coming back. Um, so the Pirates will sign McCutcheon and or Quintana this offseason. Um, I'll say because there's some McCutcheon rumors already happening. I'll put it this way: um, McCutcheon should be fiction because they have yeah. 72 outfielders and they don't need another one taken. They, I mean, no offense, not a 35. No offense guy. to McCutcheon. I love what he did and I, I appreciate what he did here. But the guys like Ben Gamble and and Jake Marisnik, and I'm not saying McCutcheon is that player. He's a he's a step above those guys, but not a huge step above those guys. They need to let the young kids play. They, they, get, they can't have – Reynolds is the veteran now. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the guy that should be the anchor, and they've got enough kids around him. So that should be fiction. I think Katana will be fiction because I think Katana is going to want more money, and I think he's going to want term, neither which the Pirates – I don't even think – I think if you put term or or million into Nutting's phone, it <laughs> auto-corrects to you know, a quarter or something like that. Or, one, you know, year. one year. Um, so I, I don't think you. I don't think either of those are going to happen. So I'm going to say fiction. No, one should be fiction, and the other one will be fiction. Yeah, I, I'm with Tommy. I, I mean, you know, we say McCutcheon. I love what he did. Yeah, the key oh, no is question. What? What? It, it's I mean, the past tense. No question. And everybody likes nostalgia in this time. Yeah. I know Tom's dad loved uh, Jacob Stallings. He stinks. <laughs> it seemed like a nice guy, but he's he's just not a good hitter. Uh, he's a good defensive catcher, but how good is a defensive catcher is he? Adam Frazier seemed like a nice dude. He stinks. It, it, it's not about being nicer. The guy was here. I don't think McCutcheon's coming back. I hope he's not coming I back. I hope not. Yeah. And I, you know, and as far as Quintana, I, like Tommy said, I think the price is going to go up because he had such a solid season. Um, the one guy, I'm going to say fiction, but the one guy, if the Pirates, and I know they never do, but if they're going to sign a pitcher this offseason, why not Jamison Tyler? Mm. I mean, there's a guy, he's a, he's a third three or four starter. I mean, his ERA is four. That's what it is. It's four. Right. 31 years old. I think he would be good to anchor the back of the rotation and then help some of these younger guys figure out how to pitch. But I don't think they'll do that either. No, so I'm going to say he's going to want, yeah. he's gonna want he's probably gonna want three years. Three or four years. Yeah. It, 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 but if they're going to sign a pitcher, that's the guy. Um, I'm going to say fiction to both as well. Uh, McCutcheon for obviously no, I, I don't. They have to stop signing the Ben Gamels of the world um, and, and the Vogelbox. That that has to end. Enough's enough. And quite honestly, and, and, and the Van Meters and no more. They don't need to. If they were going to sign McCutcheon, they should have signed him this year. Right. This was the year to sign McCutcheon instead of a Gamble. Wanted, if you wanted to bring him back, yeah, and do the nostalgia tour and all that kind of stuff. This was the year to do it. Right. Next year. No matter what, and I hope, I, I hope that they've seen enough of this crap. But next year, they really have to get back to focusing on winning. This shit where you're winning, you're right. losing a hundred games, and got to stop the stuff where you're literally. I'm literally watching games, questioning myself: Are they trying to lose this game? I mean, they're they're going to get another top five pick next yeah. year. That's what four or five in a row now that they're mm-hmm. getting. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, let's start trying to win. We have to figure out what we can do to put 26 guys or 25 guys on the Major League roster at the beginning of the year, not this Super right. 2 BS either, the best 25 guys are going to have a chance to win, whether that's Quinn Priester, whether that's Davis or Andy Rodriguez, whoever it is, they got to put the best 25 on the field in March to start the season next year. Winning has to start mattering. At yeah, some point. I, I agree, and I think that's why they are going to sign Quintana. 
I think it was a perfect match. Obviously, it worked this year. For the, all the young pitchers loved him. They, they all said they learned a ton from him. I say for that reason, and they know that next year is the year. I think they're not going to get a pass on next year, and they have to start winning. And so if you can get that anchor, Michael, like you said, for the, the anchor for the back of your rotation to help these young kids, you have to do it. Keaton is, is perfect to do it. I'm going to say back to that. Okay. All right, now back to football. So Tommy caught me when I walked in today for the podcast. He asked me, have you heard about these Roethlisberger coming back rumors that are flying around everywhere today? And evidently, supposedly there's rumor, Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones called Roethlisberger to gauge his interest in coming back and playing ball. So fact or fiction, Ben will come out of retirement. I saw a picture of him not long ago. He looks like he's about 275 pounds um, and play for the Cowboys. Listen, we... On the one hand, I would I would say fact because I think he'd love to, for whatever reason, stick it up the Steelers' ass um, because of how it went down at the end. He was very open about how Kevin Colbert didn't want him back, so I'd love you know I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, I don't think this is a guy who that has matured as much as we would have liked to have thought. Um, so there's a part of me that wants to say fact, but I don't think he's in any type of playing shape at all. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is. The Cowboys need help today, tomorrow, you right. know, Sunday. They need somebody to come in and play. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't. First of all, I don't think Ben would do it. I think Ben is happy to be retired, and even though he may or may not hold some animosity towards the Steelers, I think he that playing one team and stuff like that. I think means something to him, and uh, and also fiction. Maybe they called, maybe they didn't, but. Dak's supposed to be back in four. They're not even putting him on IR. I don't think they're talking about him being back in three or four weeks. I, I just don't see any way this happens. So I, I think we're already in week two, but it's still, you know, there's always a chance to jump up those ratings in uh, somebody's blog or right, Twitter right. feed or something like that. So I think it's just a yeah. bunch of bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, I, I have to say that's a You're bunch of bullshit. BS. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. And, and the same thing you guys said, I'm not going to, you know, elaborate too much on it. Listen, we obviously know. Ben is not Tom Brady. He's not eating avocado ice cream. <laughs> right, right. Uh, he's eating ice cream and by, by the tubs of it. Um, he was a lazy athlete when he was here. Right. He could have prolonged his career, not past 40, but his last three years, if he was in better shape, I think I the results would have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. Now that he's been retired, I Forget think he it. has zero interest in coming back. So I say that's fiction. He, no, he's enjoying golf too much. That's fiction. Um, we mentioned TJ and the injury. Fact or fiction, TJ will be back in six weeks. That's a fact. I, I, he'll be back. You know, how effective he is in the six weeks, I, I like I said, those those injuries are a little bit tricky. I, I don't know how they go away just by Well, thankfully it didn't tear away okay. from the bone or whatever it was. Like it, what I, say, it was I say it's fact he comes back, but we'll see how, we'll see how it heals. I'm saying fiction because I, I think, you know, um, if you look at the Steelers' schedule – I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I mean, I I think they have a chance to be five and two by the time they get by the time we get to the week that, that mm -hmm. TJ could be coming back. Give him some extra rest. You play at Philly, which is an NFC game, which is not a yeah. tiebreaker game, and they're on a bye, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the season comes. Yeah. So they're six week. If it was six weeks, the game that he would come back for is at Philadelphia, and then they have a bye, and then they start the final stretch. So. To me, I mean, you know, if you look at the schedule, the Cleveland game is a toss-up on Thursday night. Um, 
Thir- I say Steelers in that Thursdays one. are a tough game, but I mean the Steelers, yeah. as long as they don't have a Tomlin game where right. they lose to somebody at home that they should win, um, I think they got a real shot at being four zero. They're going to go to Buffalo and lose. They're not pulling that card out no. again. So they're four and one. They're home against Tampa. They're at Miami, and then they're home Oof. against Philadelphia. I mean, the home game against Tampa. No offense to your Tampa team. I don't think they're unbeatable when it's a home game. They've always played well in Miami um, as an organization, it seems. So, I mean, to me, you look at these first few games, at Buffalo's a loss. To me, at Philadelphia, with the way I saw them, I think those are losses. But I think the rest of them are are winnable games. And I, I think if they're sitting there with five, you know, what would it be? Five and two. Five and two. Yeah, you hold them out through, until after the bye. Make sure he's yeah. 100%. That's eight games. I mean, if they're five and two, man, or or, or you know, with that, that kind of chance, I, I think you sit him on. So I'm going to say fiction. I think he comes back after the bye. I'm going to say fiction too, um, simply because the way he plays, right, Michael? You might, you got to be sure he's ready to go. I mean, this is not a guy who plays two hand touch. I mean, every single play, this kid's coming, and he's coming hard, and he's doing spin moves, and he's jumping up in the air. I mean, he's doing all the – you have to make sure he's ready. Otherwise, you're risking further. You can't risk any further damage to this cat. This is the, your best player, hands down. So you, this is kid's glo- kid gloves. I mean, you got to put him on a little pillow and, a ca- and on clouds and make sure this guy's totally healthy before he steps I, back I can see where field. you guys are coming from. And it, like Tom said, with the schedule, it's going to yeah. – that that'll dictate that'll dictate comes, a lot. Yeah, if they're four and three or three and four, you know, you know, you're gonna have to right. maybe okay, you're might have to come back a little early. So yeah, I yeah. can see both points. Yeah, and the crazy part about him is, you know, we were at uh, my son and I were at Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and I think every member of the Steelers organization was at was at that. I mean, it was crazy how many Steelers were there. Minka was there, Cam was there, but T.J. Watt was there, and you know, he's not a big guy. He's not. He's he not. really isn't. I mean, you know. I mean, he's in shape. I mean, yeah, I mean he's probably got three you percent know, body yeah, fat. But, yeah, he's yeah. got. He, yeah, he's got. He's got three percent body fat. He's not a massive human. But he's not. Yeah. When you look at him, you don't go. You know. I mean, well, whenever yeah. the wrestlers that were walking around were significantly <laughs> right. bigger than him, so I mean, he's playing. What he's doing there, he almost looks like he's got a safety body playing offensive line mm-hmm. or playing outside linebacker. He's taking on three hundred and fifty pound tackles and stuff like that. So I, I want them to be. If he's going to do this and he's going to come back, um, you know, he's, they got to make sure he's right. It's better to get him. To, you know, if you if you have to cost himself one game to have him healthier for the rest of the year, then I think you do it. Yeah, I agree. Now, the main story in college football, we haven't talked anything outside of Pitt when it comes to college football. I think, but I think the main story is Notre Dame. Out of the gate, zero two, they've lost, they lost to Ohio State, and that was a pretty good, well played game. Then, but then they play Marshall at home and lose. Well, it, it, it's a I typical mean, Notre Dame team, right? So let me, here's the fact or fiction. They play Cal this week. Fact or fiction, Notre Dame will come, we'll sit at Sunday. Notre Dame's going to be 0-3. That's a fact. It's a fact. Uh, the, I think the backup quarterback started yeah. this week. And yeah. The starter stumped. Drew so Pott. I don't know yeah. how that Notice. backup is actually yeah. worse than their starter. Notre Dame's defense is pretty good. Their offense can't move the football at all. They were ranked number five because they're Notre Dame. Right. You know, if that's North Carolina State, they're not even in the top twenty-five. So they they, they were ranked that high just based on name. Right. They don't get the players they used to in the seventies and the eighties. It's a different game now, and we just keep putting them up in the standings. And then you watch them lose. They lose games they're not supposed to. And you know, I yeah, I think Cal's going to come into Notre Dame and make them zero and three. Yeah. How about that guy? I mean. 
you know, I thought I heard pretty high things about him when yeah. he got hired last mm -hmm. year after Brian Kelly, and I might have been just an anti-Brian Kelly because yeah. everybody well, hated yeah. him. Um, but he's the first head coach in Notre Dame history to lose his first three games. Mm -hmm. He lost the bowl game last year, and then these two this year. I agree. I mean, I, I watched some of the end of that game uh, because it was uh, the score, and, you know, it's just sort of flipping back and forth. And like you said, Michael, I mean, the starting quarterback looked clueless. Yeah. And then the backup quarterback came in. It was just like, oh my god, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they can win. I, don't, I, I haven't seen Cal play. Right. Uh, uh, I'm this is a strictly anti Notre what I've Dame, seen yeah. from Notre Dame, but I, I think fact, I think Cal's going to yeah, walk in and I, win. I think Freeman, by all accounts, a great guy. Many people think he's an up and coming Mike Tomlin. Uh, a lot of comparisons there. Um, I think he's over his head. He had one year as an FBS coordinator. One year. Uh, I think this guy's in a little bit over his head. Uh, and learning on the fly, and you're seeing that on the football field. Uh, so I think it continues this week, and I think Notre Dame loses at home to Cal, and they go 0-3. All right, that wraps up Factor Fiction. Let's wrap up the whole show for this week, guys. What do you got to close it up? Well, I'm going to close it out with a uh, young man that's in Ohio, Donovan Moorhead. He's a freshman at uh, Hawken High School. It's a private school there. Um, he's playing JV ball. Joe's making big money so he can send his kids to private yeah, school. Yeah, he can send his kids to private school. I'm sure he's not getting any financial aid. Um, Donovan, in his first three games in JV, has 12 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Last week, he threw four touchdown Takes passes. Takes after his old man. I, I, he's better than Joe. Um, I watched the tape today yeah. on Twitter. I, 14 years old, can sling the ball like no other. Right. I, 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 he has a fantastic arm. Uh, last week he threw for over 250 yards in the first half and four touchdown passes. So shout out to Donovan Moorhead. Um, this is somebody to watch. He's a class of 2026. Maybe Joe has a quarterback at Akron. He might be too good for Akron right, by that yeah. time. So we'll see. But keep your eye on Donovan Moorhead. And I'll just say uh, quickly, happy Roberto Clemente Day. Uh, today yeah. is Roberto Day in Major League Baseball. Of course, the Pirates aren't playing at home because why could the – why could Major League yeah. Baseball be smart enough to do something like that? But, um, you know, that was my dad's guy. I was almost right. named Roberto. But, you know, there's right. long stories about, yeah, Roberto Bradley. That would have been a nice name. <laughs> my dad had to get talked out Bobby of Bobby Bradley. Yeah. Like the former pirate pitcher. Um, but, uh, I mean, he was the guy, you know. You, and they've got some – there's some nice documentaries out there right now on TV about his career, about his history of his life and about the, the day that he died and – and uh, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of great information mind, out there. If the you're not, blew my mind. If you're not familiar with the story, you know, for the younger people out there that listen, take take time to learn about what he was. That's when baseball in his time was by far the mm -hmm. most important thing in the '60s and '70s, early '70s. Um, and he was outspoken about the bias against yeah. Hispanic players. Nobody and cared. Players. Yeah, yeah. Black, in yeah. this town, nobody cared about the Steelers. Nobody cared about the Penguins. Everybody lived and died pirate baseball, and uh, and Roberto was the guy. Yeah, and uh, so if you got a few minutes on Roberto Day or in the next couple weeks when you got some time, like I said, there's some great there's some great uh, videos out there of him and stories to tell the story about what he was all about beyond just being a baseball player, what he did in his home country and and everything, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. So. Happy Roberto Clemente Day to everybody. And if you do watch one particular documentary on Clemente, you will learn to check the plane before right. you get on it. Um, that was a little – Mark and I watched that. I was totally was, freaked out. Uh, how he got on I the plane, no I idea. have yeah. no idea. I, it was the I most mean, this was a thing. guy, I think he was just 
so he was so laser focused on helping those people, and he wasn't going to say no, no for an answer on getting on that plane. He wanted to get to Nicaragua in the worst way. I mean, that, that's the only explanation, right? I mean, this is a guy. When you, I mean, the word humanitarian is to run around a lot these days. Roberto was the guy who it was going for. I mean, this, as I said, he, he, everybody, Jackie Robinson, rightfully so. Roberto did just just as much um, because times were very different uh, in the '60s and early '70s, and um, Roberto did a lot for his fellow countrymen, uh, Dominican players, uh, Latin players in general. Um, so yeah, there's no, no question. Um, one of the greatest humanitarians to ever live and he gave his life, uh, uh, you know, uh, to do it. So anyway, so for me, I, I just want to go back to, I wasn't going to mention it earlier, but I had to, um, it was very enlightening and eye opening to sit with the parents at the pit football game Saturday night. Listen, I'll be completely honest. Um, you know, I've criticized players, um, freely. And in many cases, probably rightfully so. But um, you get a completely, you just cringe when you're sitting there and you hear, hear people screaming about their kid. You just cringe and you just feel horrible. You know, as good as we were just, you know, Roberto, and it, it, the goodness that he stood for. And then this is the exact, it's like, now look, I know there's NIL deal now. You can get money in college, but these are still amateurs. And so that was, and their parents are there, and they're wearing everything. Hey, listen, I got to tell you, after the game, and this is no bullshit, Joe Patty bit his fingernails so low, every single one, all 10 of them were bleeding. So think about that the next time you go to a college football game. Pros, I get different. They're getting paid totally different. Um, but college, next time you go to whatever, you know, Pitt, Penn State, whatever team you, you support, think twice before you criticize that play, especially in a, in a nasty, horrible way. Have some cooth. Like, yeah. you can still boo a guy, but there's a right, right. and wrong way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can be like, oh, come on, Nick. Something like, okay, that's fine. But don't attack the kid. Yeah, they get personal. They get personal, and they attack him. Unless it's Jordan Addison. Well, that's different. We know he got $3 million. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we know. He's a professional. He's a professional. There's, there's, there's really nothing to bash yeah. him about that kid is he's a stud he's and, a stud. and, and oh. listen i'll be the first I, every player on the south side right now wishes three was still suiting up for them yeah but he's a varsity player playing in the jv league that yeah. league out true. there is it's garbage absolutely. Oh, it's, garbage. It's, garbage. it's garbage it's garbage you're right what he's doing out there against who he's yeah. doing it's it's awful i can't believe how bad the pac-12 has become. oh it's really, terrible it is unbelievable it's not going to be around much longer i don't think it's so. not it's it, this is the last season i bet close to it anyway the pac-12 anyway hey great show fellas uh, next week, reminder, uh, we're going to go earlier in the week, so look for the podcast earlier. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Oh, 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 oh. I've been a little out of it this week, a little crazy. So we're going to do a giveaway. Okay? I didn't even have a chance to talk to you guys about this. Listen up. Are we, we, do, are we eligible? Whatever you're no, using. Okay. no, you're not. Oh, crap. Come what on. Do I well, I want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. what do I got to listen to? Giveaway time. Why are you going to tease us? For listen, this is what we're going to do. I have a Kenny Pickett signed Pitt mini helmet. Oh, for God's sake, no, we're not eligible for this. <laughs> All right, we Ken's quit. our podcast. Michael yeah. and I quit. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Pickett signed Pitt helmet. Okay. You need to like our Twitter Twitter page. Is there anything that I don't know social media? Follow it. Like and follow it. And tag somebody 
that you think should listen to ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. If you like, follow and tag somebody. So go in the comments and tag. And also, I want a comment on what you liked most or didn't like about the podcast. You got to listen. Well, you got a lot of roles. Uh, well, uh, you know, we're giving Kenny Pickett these Jesus. Is it a Steeler helmet? You got to earn this. You got a pit helmet. It's a pit helmet. It's the real helmet. Um, so, like, follow, tag, tag somebody That's in the comments. Twitter. And and then you can also do it on Facebook. And do also do it on Facebook. Okay. So if Michael posts it, you got to do it on Michael's page. If I post it, you got to do it on my page. And of course, Tommy posts it, you got to do it on his page. Your favorite, or, or give us an idea for a future. Po- I want some feedback. We need comments, and you need to tag somebody that should listen to this, and then, and then you'll be eligible. Or if you want to say who your favorite of our three is, that'd be fine too, as long as it's, it's me. not you. It yeah. might be me. Whatever it is, I don't care. We You're just want your wife's feedback. Well, we know that. Oh, okay. Well, she's don't, been in. Don't, you know. don't start. <laughs> well, don't, let, let me back. Don't up. Yeah. Wait, let's end this show now. <laughs> yeah, right, this gets right, out of right, hand. Yeah. I shouldn't have said anyway, that. Anyway, remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, remember you, that. So, you better get off the air. My God. And you're going to have <laughs> all my exes. 24 hours to do it. This is not going to prolong in the next freaking week. This is once we get it posted, we'll say from Friday morning. What's let's since Friday, we're gonna since we're yeah. gonna do the show on Tuesday this week. Yeah, we got Let's just do it by well, Monday. You yeah. have until Monday. Yeah, because then we need to get use that feedback yeah, for Tuesday's then we can show. Figure it out Tuesday, right. and then we go from there. So there you go. All right, the Kenny Pickett signed helmet giveaway. So you have, they had to have listened to this point. Hopefully, they better right. So. You gotta listen and then comment and tag and do all that other shit we talked about. Yeah, Yeah. I'll put that in Facebook. Okay. All right, everybody. Until next week, ABC on Pittsburgh Sports signing off. Take care. It's a long show. Don't look at me that way. I know. I, I, I did.